Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann. This is the ContenderCast, and we are shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we are staying in the consumer product space, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today, Jessica Postiglione who is the CEO and co-founder of Ulica, is joining me. And Jessica, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, and I do love your last name. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to, to be here and share the story of Ulica. I love it. I love it. Okay, so a little bit about Jessica. So if you if you met Jessica, you'd say, wow. I mean, her background's largely actually been in the startup space, and even before that, investment banking. And, and her undergrad, though, Econ and political science. So, Jessica, talk about your path to starting this business and like the twists and turns along the way, and, and why launch this business. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I'm first blush, uh, econ poli sci. <laughs> I like, love it. Now you're now you're launching hand sanitizers. Clear right. linear path um, to today. Um, but yeah, so I went to Chicago for my undergrad. Was econ poli sci major. That was kind of, I just knew I was interested in business, and economics was the closest thing to a business major at UChicago. Um, and after business, I mean, after undergrad, I, I kind of wanted to do something in the business space, thought investment banking would be a good foundation to whatever I wanted to do in the future, which was totally true. Um, you learn a lot as an investment banker. I was focused mostly on M&A, actually in the consumer and industrial space. So I did work with some big-name consumer companies back then. Um, I did my three years in banking, um, decided it was time to go to business school, went to Harvard Business School. And after that, I was working actually in a number of consumer uh, consumer roles on the corporate strategy side. I worked at Sesame Street, Iconic Brand, um, a couple of other smaller consumer startups. And finally, said, you know, it's time to kind of start my own. <laughs> I love that. You had that burn, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, I hadn't had the idea, right? I think, right. I think that's a lot of what entrepreneurs talk about or, or you know. What is, the, what is the term about um, entrepreneurs, I think? Right. Is the term. It's like you want to have your own business or company, but you're just not sure of like the right product or service, right? I mean, you're kind of like searching or hoping instead, and you just have that, that burn to get something started. Correct. And you, you, know, you, also, you often hear founder stories, and it, it seems so obvious to them that there was a need for their service, right? Um, so my story starts when I met the Cousins Perkins. So I have two co-founders who are non-operational, non-technical, and... Parallel path while I was still in corporate, um, one of the cousins, he his son had gone to the hospital with a staph infection, and while he was and fast forward, the kid was entirely his child was totally fine, just a scare at the hospital. But while he was there, he noticed that they were using hand sanitizer left and right. Right, and of course. Just, like, yeah, it just sparked an idea. Like, why? Why? Like, why? Why is hand sanitizer on the commercial level a poor experience? Sure. So he started talking to his cousin as a serial entrepreneur. And his day job is that he is a private wealth manager. So he started talking to some of the people that he knew that, you know, were investing in venture, had done maybe angel investing themselves. And they said, I think you have something here. And, you know, this is something we might want to feed as well. Um, so, again, both cousins Perkin have other jobs. So they wanted to bring on someone um, like myself to kind of run the business and, and build out the product. So when I linked up with them, I said, this is amazing. I think there is something in this hand sanitizer category. I had done my research. I talked to friends and family, you know, formal, informal surveys, serving lucky as your friend. Right, say, of course. <laughs> what? You know, what do you guys think about hand sanitizer? It's good, bad, the ugly. And right. what we heard, and what I heard over and over was, use it, hate using it, poor experience, smells artificial, you know, I, it dries out my hands. I feel like I have to go wash my hands after I use it. 
but I continue to use it because I have to protect myself from germs on the go. Absolutely. So, unique category where people, there was no innovation, right. no upgrade in the product, and no one was really taking it over. We have incumbents in the space, and we said, I, you know, I can create a sophisticated, beautiful hand sanitizer with better-for-you ingredients, and we can really do something interesting in the category, very similar to what Method Products did way back sure. when with hand soap, right? Yeah, Method's a great brand. Extremely great brand, and they built it out, and, you know, cult following started in Target, but, all again, all the right things in the category where hand soap was pretty much overlooked from a design perspective and an ingredient perspective at the time. Right. It's interesting. You say that you guys are the personal care company disrupting the, what, nearly $3 billion hand sanitizer market? I mean, who would have known, right? Yeah. I didn't know, I mean, until I started digging into the details back from my investment banking days, the first thing you do is you get industry fundamentals and say, okay, what's the opportunity here? Who are the players? You know, how do they, how do they approach the market and what is the market size? Yeah. And it's a growing market up to $3 billion by 2025 globally. So we thought, you know, we kind of stumbled upon this white space that we, again, felt very strongly that we could create a product that really felt, that really met a market need. Wow. That's, that's just awesome. So you decide you're going to explore the hand sanitizer market. You're doing your homework. I mean, you, you find that, you know, no one has taken this quote unquote, you know, everyday product and made it better. And I think there's so many of those out there. And that's what I think is a really interesting theme of this podcast is, is kind of taking it to the next level. So how did you get from, okay, I think there's a market for it. I've got this idea. I've captured the spark. You know, I, I'm going to dive in. I've talked to some people. I did survey to I'm actually going to design a product. Like, how did, how did that happen? Yeah, no, it's an interesting step. So I think for me, I'm a very visual person. Um, so I created a lot of mood, bur- mood boards, Pinterest boards, you know, looked at different packaging across the board, not just in the hand sanitizer category, but within consumer products, you know, prototypes. What, what did people do in terms of pushing design, pushing innovation, looking at ingredients, um, and then working with a team of people that could say, okay, this is what we can create or this is what we can't create. So we have a fantastic um, industrial engineer that when we came to him with the concept, he could say, okay, we can make this in real life or we can't, right? He's worked with factories. He knows what CAD design is to say, and, and then also, again, from my financial training to say, okay, we can financially make this or we can't. Because right. then you start to realize <laughs> There's whatever, cost. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> what things cost, right? Yep. You, want, you want the luxury version, but then you realize, okay, does you know, does the consumer really want this? That's is, exactly is the right. trade-off there? Well, and can you get it at the low enough cost to make it saleable in retail and then to the consumer, right? I mean, there's a lot of production cost that goes into consumer products. So, I mean, it was also thinking ahead to say, okay, where do I want to send this, sell this? Where sure. do we think our target customer is going to buy it? Is she going to buy it exclusively online or is she going right. to go into her local retailer and is that where she wants to buy it? Because that's a different, both, most scenarios are different economic proposition in terms of a business model, right? Sure, no question. So that was our focus to say we want to create something beautiful. We want we have a budget. We we think we know where we want to price this. We think we know how she's going to uh, purchase it and how and you know how many she's going to purchase in the future. And you know a lot of lessons learned. We we got you know we launched Birdie, um, which was our first product. Yeah. So talk about Birdie and talk about Mini. Yeah. So Birdie is our first product, which launched. We like to say Hatch. Um, January 2017 online on our website. He's an adorable two-in-one product. Um, again, we heard in the market that there was no two-in-one in the hand sanitizer space. So he's the first two-in-one. He has a spray from the top of his beak, <laughs> a locking mechanism in the middle, so he's spraying your bag. 
and then dry wipes on the bottom. So he has a little hinge that you open up. Yep. You take the liquid, you use it to, to make a fresh wipe on the go. I love this. And so, okay, how did you decide? I know this is like crazy, but how did you decide on the shape? Like, how, why go a birdie? Like, how did you think about that as the, as the end product that's going to be on a shelf? Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's one we get a lot. Um, <laughs> I think we go back to kind of when we were thinking about product design, and I said, I want to start with a huge funnel. Like, let's, sure. let's keep everything on the table until we get to, obviously, the, the engineering stage. But what, we, what I wanted was something that fit in the hand. Ergonomics is a big part of our brand image. Sure. So we, I did this test where I literally blindfolded people and gave them different shapes. And I put paint on the shapes and said, tell me how this feels in the hand. You know, what, what kind of shapes do you like in the hand? And we kept coming back to an avocado. An avocado has a very <laughs> yeah, absolutely. great shape. Yep. Um, so that's where we kind of went from there. And then, you know, obviously people identify with their pets. That's a huge market. No question. Um, I love that aspect of it. Yeah, so, I mean, we tried some other animals and ideas, and the, we just kept coming to this bird shape, and it was simple, and it was elegant, and, and the, the product, we showed it to some people, friends and family, and they freaked out, and like, oh my god, I love it, like, it's, it's so cool, <laughs> well, and... It's, I mean, you guys got recognized by Fast Company, I saw the, what, the world's most beautiful hand sanitizer, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, that was... I mean, we, you know, we, we lit up when we saw that and Minnie actually just got written up in Vest Company and she was called a beautiful work of art. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. So now the siblings are arguing amongst themselves, you know, one's beautiful, <laughs> one's work of art. <laughs> I love it. So how long from, and you know, I always love to give people an idea of, you know, just that these things take time, right? So you, you decide you're going to do create the product to having initial prototypes in hand and different shapes and sizes to try out with uh, your, your friends and family. Months and months. Um, and then, you know, getting to manufacturing were more months. I'd say, you know, I, it was about 14 months before from starting, hitting the ground running, deciding we're going to, you know, really make this company, really make this brand to sure. launching on our website. Wow. Wow. And so, once you got through prototyping, you, you obviously did some tweaking to shapes and sizes and colors and whatnot. I love the colors, by the way. So how did you think about next around, like, how am I going to sell this and what channels and, and potentially in retail? Yeah, so I mean, my my vision was always D2C, right? Got it. Um, at least start. I mean, yep. today anyone well, can throw up a website. Well, it's faster time to market, right? I mean, exactly. no question. Um, and we have great in-house talent that knows how to build mark, uh, a website in, in-house. But I've also, in another life, built a website. It's pretty yeah, easy with right. space and anyone can put up a website, right? Sure. The, the getting on a Walmart shelf, getting on a Target shelf, that's a much, much longer process. No doubt. So we wanted, you know, wanted, we, were, we always thought of ourselves as a digital first brand. So getting on the website, getting our social media up, um, you know, running ads, talking to our target consumer, testing what messaging worked with her, what resonated with her, getting the data in to just start to be able to be smart, to have those conversations. So the first thing a retailer is going to ask you is, where are you selling? What are you selling? Like, how are you selling? Who's your target customer? You know, they want to make sure that you've done your homework to know that if it's Target or Walmart, that she is shopping there and it will sell through. No doubt. No doubt. Well, and I think a lot of people don't think about that. I mean, there's so many different aspects to launching a business, right? From the creative part, which is that initial idea to some of the design, which goes into new numbers and shapes and, and sizes and back into creative when you're looking at channels and how you go market and build the brand, right? And then back into numbers and the importance of having the facts and figures if you're going to get into retail. And have you 
do you find yourself playing any role specifically, you know, in those areas, or do you have a team with you that balances you out in some of the areas that maybe you're, that aren't your strengths? Yeah, no, we were pretty, we're a pretty lean team. So my head of marketing focuses primarily on running the, the digital ads and, and acquisition of customers that way. Um, I'm focused on the wholesale relationships as, as the creator, the founder, you know, the head janitor, sure. everything that I <laughs> love it. That when I go to pitch a retailer, they want to hear from the founder. They want to hear that story, right? They want to understand the vision for the product and, and the roadmap. The, the second question is, love Birdie, Minnie's adorable. What's next? Right. You know, I what's can't, the next set of products? Yep. What's the next set of products? What's the roadmap? Um, so I think, that, again, coming from the founder at this point, that, that, that is the best person to tell the story as we grow. Um, would love to build out the team and have, you know, my right-hand man or woman as a salesperson going out there to be part of that, you know, the next stage of growth. So one of the cool things about your product is obviously there's different elements to it. So there's one thing to design like the bird, right? That's the the industrial engineer, you know, shaping different types of shapes, sizes, colors, etc. But then there's like product inside, things like scent and liquid and whatnot. So how did you figure that part out? And did that require a different set of thinking than the manufacturing part of the process? The short answer, yes and no. Um, so I, when I first was doing my research, I bought probably 20 to 40 hand sanitizers um, and went through all of them and smelled them and felt them and you know felt the texture and said, you know, I like this, I don't like this. Um, and I was very clear that I wanted to make sure the formulation matched with the sophistication of the product's design. Um, so that was that was a challenge, and again, in working with 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 a vendor or outside party that understood that vision. Um, we ended up finding someone who did and, you know, was very involved with how, you know, to me, again, it was send them the brand style guide. This this is what the brand is about. This is what the product is about. These are our colors. These are our inspirations from nature. These are the shapes that speak to us. Think about that when you are designing the fragrance. Um, and again, started very high level, but within saying, okay, these are some scents we like from all all facets, like from shampoos to fragrance, like these are the notes that we like. Um, and then it was, you know, a lot of sampling, a lot of batches. And then we, again, work with early testers to say, what do you think of these scents? Do you think it matches the brand image? And we ended up with the one, um, this minty lemony mix, um, which is our scent, our signature scent. And men and women alike have loved it. Um, it's funny, we'll, we'll, we'll do demos and people will come over and then they'll come over again. They're like, I really <laughs> because like they like that. the scent. Wow. Will you spray me again? <laughs> I love it. You got lemon, spearmint. Okay. And then you got to help me with this last one. Bergamot? Yeah. So it is a, and it's, it's like an orange. Oh, um, very nice. From the Ionian Sea coastal areas of Italy. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. it's in, in Italian. It's very, very cool. All right. And, um, what so what is next? If when you're out talking to the retailer, you talk about birdie, you talk about mini. So what is next in your product lineup? Yeah, so we want to develop a bigger bird. Uh, <laughs> I think that's kind love of it. natural extension is you know what we hear is um, love birdie wanted a smaller one, so he came out with mini, um, the adorable little sister, and then the idea that you know sometimes I need a lot of hand sanitizer. Sure, I hear that from again people in hospital settings, right? Nurses. High volume. Teachers who are like, I have a class sure. of thirty little ones. Right, I would go through your product in a day or two. So, right. help me with that with that equation. So, I think that that is something that you know, again, 
you look at all the other sanitizer brands out there, they do have like their eight ounce version, their 10 ounce version. I love it. Well, and one thing I love to ask Jessica to uh, the different entrepreneurs and product designers that I've, I've met with is, you know, what are the lessons learned that you've found along the way? Because I, there are many of our listeners that are in this space, want to be in this space, different markets, different products. Like what are one or two big lessons learned uh, for you as you have you know, gone from idea to actual product and selling product now? Yeah, I think, I mean, number one, and I know it's kind of a cliche to say is like, there is no typical day and there right. is no, <laughs> things do not work out often the way you think they're going to work out. Of so course. I often say like have a B, plan B, C, D, E, F. <laughs> Love it. No, but it's true because I think, you know, I, I like to say like a startup's advantage is, is us being nimble and, flexi- and flexible. And when you lose that, that that is a detriment to the business. So it, it's one of those things where, okay, that didn't work out. Let's pivot. Let's, let's think on the fly. Let's figure it out. Like, for example, we just went to a trade show and half of our display just didn't show up. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the vendor we oh, had that's ordered frustrating. These, we ordered these beautiful cardboard trees that we were going to assemble um, at the show and, and hang birds from. And we had ordered more than what came in the box. Wow. <laughs> on the fly, we... Well, you just, we, have we to had, make, you just have to deal with it, right? Yeah, exactly. So on the fly, we, we set up the display. It was beautiful. We added some just, um, some cubes around it in terms of we didn't want to necessarily show the storage, but it worked out. People who came by were amazed. Again, we knew that there weren't as many trees as there should be, but nobody else knew Nobody that. else knew. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. And I think that, that's kind of the thing. Like You have to always remember... What you want internally may not happen at a hundred percent, but sure. often ninety-five percent is still is still good enough. No question, no question. All right, that's a good one. So be flexible because <laughs> plans change. Even though your vision will always be the same, right? You have a vision for the company, vision for the product. Just plans change along the way. All right, what would be one more? I would say you know listen to your customer. Um, like really listen to your customer. We you know again we. Being digital first, we get messages all day on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you know, we have a chat function on our website, um, emails to, to the hello at Ulika Life. And some of the best ideas that we've gotten, like, from marketing campaigns have come from just the little nuggets of insight that we've seen through these messages and these comments. Um, for example, we had um, two people on Facebook talking about how they wanted to gift it to each other. They like wanted to make an excuse up on why they needed the product, right? Right. <laughs> I love and it. one of the comments was, well, you hosted a party. I'm going to give this to you as your hostess gift. I love that. And we ran some ads around that and they did extremely well. We t- Again, it was something we didn't necessarily think of tapping into right away. Um, we know our products are extremely giftable, but it wasn't necessarily the first gifting moment that came to mind. Bridal showers, baby showers, Obviously, the holidays are big for us, but hosting, also great. You think about it. Like, what is a good hosting gift? No question. Aside from maybe or drink. I love that. I love that. That's that's a good one. Yeah, and I mean, you're right, especially and and when you're building a business, I mean, uh, I think a lot of people talk about listening to the customer, but it, there's so many different ways you can get input and feedback to your product design, product development, you know, marketing campaigns, and I, I think the end customer is, is a great one to ask, right? Yeah, I mean, we 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 are very much about that community and building that community. We I call it that. Birdie Nation. We call <laughs> her it. part of Birdie Nation, and you know, she that, that's also part of the the viral marketing that we do. She wants to show off the bird on social media. She wants <laughs> to tell her it. friend that she got free, right? Birdie Nation. Um, I like that. And we want to hear from her, like, how is she using Birdie in everyday life? Where is Birdie? Is Birdie with her twenty four seven? Is Birdie just on her desk at work? 
is Birdie in her tote bag and comes out when, you know, she's playing with her kids. Um, it's important to us to understand that, again, to inform future products and really understand what does she need? Does she need another fragrance? Does she need another color? Does she need a different size? Um, does she want a different, ver- does she want, you know, a spray? Does she want a different form factor? Does she want a different, those things, again, are incredibly valuable. And again, I think that's the power of due to see. We can talk to her. We know her. We know who she is and continue to, ch- to have a dialogue with her. And many of them want to, many of our, our community wants, actively wants to tell you about it and tell you about their, their experience with the product. That is very cool. Okay. I love the Birdie Nation idea. That's very, very fun. I love that. <laughs> All right. So last but not least, Jessica, is uh, share with our audience where they can find you, where they can engage with you, find your product, um, check it out, et cetera. Yeah, sure. So we are Ulika, um, but our website is Ulika Life. So that's O-L-I-K-A-L-I-F-E.com. All of our social is the same. Ulika Life is our handle. You can pick us up there. Um, if you're Amazon Prime, we're also on Amazon Prime, Walmart.com, Vitamin. We have about 40 different distribution partners. In terms of physical retail, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, we're there. Fairway Market's in the Northeast. And Detox Market out in the LA area has our, has our birth. That is awesome. Well, I'm so excited about your product and just watching it, it grow. And I just love this whole idea of finding something that was kind of just there and making it so much better and in so many different ways and, and re- really rethinking the category. And I love that you guys are doing that. So Jessica, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This has been awesome. Thank you. It's been a great conversation. Thank you for joining us on The Contender Cast. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.